The biggest success factor in life is self-esteem. Believing you deserve it, believing you can do it, and believing you will achieve it. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected. My name is Aaron Mashpitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Today's episode is a solo episode where I take a deep dive into self-esteem. We talk about the six pillars of healthy self-esteem, but really we talk about eight ways or eight things that will reduce or destroy your self-esteem. In other news, this episode is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company and I use their products every single day. So click the link in the show notes, look through all their products and find which ones might work best for you and your life. Then at checkout, use the code everybody for $10 off your entire order. Now on to episode 175 of something for everybody. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today's episode is a solo episode of the podcast covering self-esteem. The bulk of this episode will cover ways in which we destroy or reduce our self-esteem. So those things are the things we want to avoid when it comes to building up our self-esteem because self-esteem, which I will say a lot throughout this episode, is a major factor, a major factor in our overall well-being. And we'll talk about uh, some components that contribute to a healthy self-esteem. We'll talk about some numerous factors that influence self-esteem. And you understand that your personal self-esteem can shape your beliefs, emotions, behaviors, and and most importantly, your overall well-being. And so I'm going to leave you or start you off, excuse me, with um, with one or two quotes that I think are extremely important and may drive home the, uh, the importance of self-esteem and how we can build it within ourselves and then take it out into the world. So first note, first quote is, don't do things that you know are morally wrong. Self-esteem is just the reputation that you have with yourself. That's from Naval. And the next one is always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. That's from Judy Garland. I think those two um, quotes around covering sort of self-esteem and being authentic and how you feel about yourself and your personal reputation that you hold within yourself sort of encapsulate some of these bigger ideas that we're going to try and talk about during this episode. I mean, the bulk of it is going to be the ways in which we go about life that are going to reduce and destroy our self-esteem. There's going to be some other components that we know that can enhance or play a factor in contributing to a healthy self-esteem. But I'm going to really talk about the ways in which we reduce our self-esteem so we can try to avoid those in our life or we can become more aware of those things, we can accept that we might be doing those behaviors, and then we can move into sort of some sort of action to try and switch it, alleviate it, change it, um, do something about it, so we can increase or 
not at least not reduce our self-esteem. We can sort of stay at this sort of base layer. But one of the major points of this podcast, as I like to say, if you listen to it on the audio, you probably hear this very much. But if you're just a YouTube watcher, you don't hear it as often. But it's to make our prior best our new baseline, right? And so if we can remove ways in which we are reducing our self-esteem, then we can make our prior best our new baseline. We can make sort of those previous lows a little bit higher and our previous highs a little bit higher. So we're just getting 1% better, 1% better, 1% better. That's really the ultimate goal. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but that's really the ultimate goal. And so let's get into it a little bit here. Self-esteem is a fundamental aspect of human psychology that influences how we perceive and interact with ourselves and the world around us. Hmm. Wow, interesting. The greater the discrepancy, the higher dissatisfaction. This is why it is essential to have cohesion between one's successes and one's aspirations. William James in 1890 um defined it as the relationship between the perceived self that is who I think I am and the idea self who I would like to be right so the greater discrepancy the higher the dissatisfaction so that's really important self-esteem shapes our beliefs emotions and behaviors significantly impacting our overall well-being and mental health self-esteem refers to the overall evaluation and perception of one's worthiness capabilities and value as an individual It is how we see ourselves and how we believe others perceive us. Healthy self-esteem involves having a positive, balanced view of oneself, recognizing both strengths and weaknesses while maintaining a sense of self-acceptance and self-respect. You know what builds self-esteem? Doing esteemable acts. I mean, it really boils down to that. How do you build your own self-esteem? Well, you go out in the world and you do esteemable acts. I've said this quote a lot from Alex Harmozy, who um, was made popular by Chris Williamson on Modern Wisdom, which is one of my favorite podcasts, is you outwork your self-doubt by building an undeniable stack of proof you are who you say you are. So you know you're that person. You know you're that person because you have an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. You want to continue to build your self-esteem? Well, continue to do esteemable acts that are credible and real that know that build your own perception within yourself, that build your own reputation within yourself. So one little crack, one little scratch, one little this, one little opinion, one little uh, criticism doesn't totally crumble the whole structure because you've built it on a very solid and deep foundation of an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. An undeniable stack of esteemable acts that you've done day in and day out that have created this foundational piece for you of a strong, healthy self-esteem. That's the, that's really what it is. And so self-esteem plays a crucial role in various aspects of our lives, such as our emotional well-being, our relationships and achievement and success, right? Emotional well-being, obviously, because having healthy self-esteem fosters positive emotions, resilience, and a sense of inner 
happiness, right? It helps us navigate challenges and setbacks with greater confidence and optimism. And I think optimism is sort of a foundational piece of mental toughness, right? Optimism being that idea that we have this fundamental realistic view that things are going to work out for the best through the proper attention, effort, energy, and focus, right? That's optimism. Really, it's a foundational view. It's a fundamental piece of what I think of, of a mentally tough or mentally well individual has there have the optimistic view. I don't know any successful, um, highly fulfilled, purpose-driven people who aren't optimistic. Now, optimistic people put in the work, but they fundamentally believe that things are going to work out for the best. And self-esteem plays a role in having that emotional well-being, that greater sense of optimism. It obviously plays a part in relationships, relationships with self and with other people, right? Self-esteem influences our relationship with others. When we have a healthy self-image, we are more likely to form and maintain healthy, fulfilling connections. It enables us to set boundaries, communicate effectively, and engage in mutual respect, right? Self-esteem. If we, if we view ourselves in a positive, high regard, we're going to enter in relationships that are worthy of our time and attention, and we're not going to beg people to give us the bare minimum. We're not going to allow disrespect. We are not going to allow people to continue to break our boundaries or our emotional parameters because we view ourselves in a healthy and high manner via our esteemable acts that have built our self-esteem or self-image or fostered a relationship with self through all of those sort of mechanisms. So it does impact our relationships, obviously with ourself and with other people. Healthy self-esteem also contributes um, to our motivation, determination, ability to pursue our goals. It provides the belief that we are capable of success, empowering us to take risks and persevere through obstacles. One of my favorite sayings is that obstacles make me stronger. Obstacles make me stronger. Ohms. Obstacles make me stronger, right? And having a healthy or high self-esteem allows you to view challenges and setbacks as opportunities as opportunities for growth not challenges and setbacks as oh the whole world is against me everything is against me i have no luck i can't do this what am i going to do right that's where sort of the optimism comes in the healthy self-esteem comes in this view of stress how do we view stress do we view it as this terrible thing that's ruining our life or do we view it as this thing that can enhance us that can fuel us we see challenges and opportunities to grow or evolve or change. We see obstacles make, uh, making us stronger. Now, some things in life are a little bit more challenging than others. And it's, you know, this is not sort of like a catch-all phrase where everything is like fuel for growth, right? But we're just talking about sort of these everyday challenges that we all face via the human condition, being a human on earth, experiencing the things we experience. If we can view challenges as opportunities, if we can see obstacles and allow them to make us stronger and better and more capable and bring out the fullest, most actualized version of ourselves, that's really where we're headed. Now, some circumstances and events in our life are a little bit different, a little more challenging, a little more unpredictable, a little more tragic, a little more devastating, right? There is evil in this world and life is hard, and but we have to choose to create meaning and responsibility in our life by going after it, by getting after it, by getting back up, choosing to take responsibility, bearing that responsibility, taking accountability for our life, our choices, how we move in the world, and choosing 
choosing to see these things as as opportunities for growth, as fuel, and choosing to always, always get back up. And self-esteem plays a role in that. So there's some factors that are going to influence our self-esteem, early childhood experiences, uh, our self-perception, and social comparisons. These things are going to influence our self-esteem, right? Early experiences like childhood experiences, including uh, parental upbringing, family dynamics, and societal influences will significantly shape our self-esteem, right? Positive and supportive environments tend to foster healthy self-esteem, while, of course, negative experiences can have a long-lasting impact. Self-perception, our self-perception, including how we interpret and evaluate our abilities, appearance and achievements contributes to our self-esteem unrealistic unrealistic expectations harsh self-criticism or constant focus on perceived flaws can undermine self-esteem i did an episode a couple episodes back about how to really check in on people but in sort of the first part of that episode i talked about how we can foster a relationship with ourself because we're the first person we need to check in with about our wants and needs and how we feel and how what we need to do today and what our, our energy levels are at and what we can give ourselves to all of these things, right? What we sort of ask other people, we sort of need to ask ourselves. That's how we can foster a relationship with ourselves. That's how we build our self-perception. That's how we build our self-esteem. That's how we build a relationship with self. So we're not constantly talking shit to ourselves. We're not constantly undermining ourselves. We're not constantly undervaluing ourselves. We've built up that relationship with self so we can go out in the world and be the best version of ourselves in greatest service of the world. That's the ultimate goal, I think. Uh, And then um, another factor that influences self-esteem would be social comparisons. Comparing ourselves to others, especially through the lens of societal ideas, ideals, or social media will, uh, will negatively impact, will negatively impact That was weird. Will negatively impact self-esteem. It's important to remember that each individual is unique and that comparing ourselves to others is often an unfair and unrealistic standard. We know that comparison is a thief of joy. I know it's just a quote and people say it a lot, but it's the truth. It's the absolute truth that comparison is the thief of joy. Now, I, I think I've said this before, but sometimes comparing ourselves to others can be a motivator, right? But if all you're doing is sort of looking at other people's lives and thinking about how shitty you are, how you're not even close to where they are, your life will never match up to theirs, right? That's where we need to um, stop, right? That's unfair to you. That's an unrealistic standard. You're not motivating yourself. You're not uplifting yourself. You're just bringing yourself down, right? But if we're comparing ourselves in a way that's like, oh, I, I, I see that person and I could be in that spot. We know we're not there yet. We know that that person started at sort of the same level that we're at. And we're sort of visualizing this idea. We're using it as a role model, as an inspiration, as someone we can look to, to know that if they did it, I can do it. Now, maybe that comparison isn't the right word there, but you're still comparing your now to what they were at this point, right? So you're using it in a more realistic frame. You're not comparing your now to their now, which is way far off. Um, and you're not even close to where they are, where they started or, um, how they started or anything like that. And so that sort of comparison, I think can be an interesting dynamic to allow you to sort of externally get going. And then if you sort of switch that motivation to internal or intrinsic, then I'll keep you going through the long haul and you'll just enjoy the journey and the process, I think a little bit more. So there's some factors that are going to influence self-esteem. 
There are six pillars, um, six key pillars, six key components that will contribute to a healthy self-esteem. Number one is self-acceptance. Number two is self-responsibility. Number three is self-assertiveness. Number four is living consciously. Number five is personal integrity. And number six, the practice of self-actualization. Those are the six pillars that will contribute to a healthy self-esteem. Nathaniel Brandon, a prominent psychologist and self-esteem expert, wrote extensively about self-esteem in his book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, right? And that's where I got these six pillars of self-esteem, the key components that will contribute to a healthy self-esteem. So number one is self-acceptance. Self-acceptance involves acknowledging and embracing all aspects of oneself, including strengths and weaknesses. It is about being compassionate and non-judgmental towards oneself. If you're a frequent listener of this podcast, you know that my sort of three-pronged uh, approach to getting better at anything or having better mental health or mental skills or mental tools is uh, awareness, acceptance, action. Awareness, acceptance, action. Acceptance does not mean we accept all part of ourselves and then never choose to get better. Self-love means we accept ourselves for exactly who you are and are grateful that we are this person, this authentic, powerful version of ourselves, but know that we can get better from here. We can improve. We can improve. We have to accept all parts of ourselves in a realistic and honest way before we can then put action to improve that. So I think that's very important, right? We're aware of this thing. We've accepted it fully and now we move into action to improve these different parts of ourselves that we know we can improve. But ultimately accepting ourselves or who we are, not judging ourselves, not bashing ourselves, moving to this phase of improvement with compassion and grace and love, but also knowing that we can become the best version of ourselves and that's a consistent, never-ending journey. Uh, and so I think that's important when it comes to self-acceptance, which is... Uh, Key component number one. Number two, self-responsibility. Taking personal responsibility for one's choices, actions, and emotions enhances self-esteem, especially when individuals hold themselves accountable for their lives and actively work towards their goals. Taking personal responsibility and ownership. Taking personal responsibility and ownership over your life and your choices is a key component to having healthy self-esteem. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for your actions, your movements, and your choices, and move from that space. Ownership over your life. You are an active participant in your life. You are the architect of your life. Take ownership of it. Take responsibility of it and move from that honest, accepted place and get into action, 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 action. Fall down, get back up. Fall down, get back up. Fall down, get back up. Take responsibility for you and move from that space. <clears throat> That's number two. Number three, self-assertiveness. The practice of self-assertiveness involving expressing one's needs, desires, and opinions honestly and respectfully. It is about standing up for oneself and setting healthy boundaries. Self-assertiveness, third component of healthy self-esteem. Number four, living consciously. Living consciously and being present in the moment. Be aware of thoughts, feelings, and actions and make deliberate choices aligned with your values and goals. 
Make deliberate choices aligned with your values and goals. What are your values and goals? What are your first principles? What's your personal philosophy? What values do you want to live by? You have to first know all of these things. What's your massive transformative purpose? What's your one thing? What's your wildly important goal? What's your target? All of these are just different things of what's your aim? How do you filter your thoughts and actions and movements through to get you closer to that massive thing, to that one thing, to that wildly important goal? What values do you want to show up at? Do you want to be, um, excuse me, do you want to be kind, honest, respectful, resilient, consistent, um, grateful, all of these things, compassionate, honest? Like what values are most important to you? Pick five to seven and live by those values. When someone um, knows you for a long time or they've been in your life or potentially at your funeral, these are the values that you want people to say that you upheld on the most consistent basis possible. That's living consciously, living by design, right? You don't have to live your life by default. You can design your life the way you want it to. And that means how you want to live via your values, via your identity, via your wildly important goal, via how you move through the world, your thoughts, your actions, your movements, your values, your personal philosophies. Like that is important. You have to make deliberate and honest choices aligned with your goals and values. You think you're not making any choices? Well, someone's making them for you. So make your choices for your life, right? Think about self-assertiveness. Think about responsibility, taking ownership and direction and responsibility for your life. This is the only life you have. There's no other life. There's no second chance. This is it right here in front of you. So make deliberate, deliberate, persistent, intentional choices with how you move through the world and the values that you want to stand for. What do you stand for? What values mean the most to you? Figure it out. That's your first principles. Work from there. Um, number five is personal integrity. Personal integrity, aligning one's actions with one's values and principles, which fosters integrity, self-esteem, and a sense of inner coherence. So you have these values and principles, your first principles, your core values, and then you align those with the actions that you have in your day-to-day -day life. That creates a personal integrity, a sense of inner peace, knowing that you've, you've dialed in and locked in what your first principles are how you want to live your life, your values, and then you go out into the world and you do it as consistently as possible. Again, none of us are perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but we can be intentional with how we live, with the words we use and the actions that we choose to do in our life via moving through those first principles and those core values. That's living with personal integrity, which is the fifth component of a healthy self-esteem. And number six, the sixth component of having healthy self-esteem is self-actualization. Striving to fulfill one's potential and pursue personal growth enhances individuals. Actively engaging in activities that align with your passions contribute to self-fulfillment. What I like to say here for self-actualization is you're becoming the best version of yourself so you can be in greatest service to the world. You're becoming the best version of you so you can be in greatest service to the world. The world could mean you as a father, husband, mother, daughter in your community, right? We're just doing our part to make the world a better place, but that means actualizing our potential. That means actualizing our fullest potential. That means looking at these components of a healthy self-esteem and dialing it in. 
dialing in our first principles, dialing in our core values, eating, moving, sleeping, and thinking well, and trying to just improve little by little. How, how do we view stress? How do we view obstacles? How do we view challenges? What do we do every day? What's our number one self-care strategy, right? There's all sorts of things that you can dial in. And if you're feeling confused or overwhelmed or where to start, reach out to me. I can help you get started on this path towards becoming the best version of you in greatest service of the world. But if you look at these sort of six pillars of healthy self-esteem, start there, start there. Personal integrity, taking responsibility, becoming aware, moving into acceptance, having a bit of action, like living consciously, self-assertiveness, right? Standing up for yourself and what you believe in. All of these things are extremely powerful, are extremely powerful. And so we want, again, to become the best version of ourselves in greatest service of the world. Now, if everyone did that, the world would be a much better, healthier, happier, and fulfilled place. And there'd be, well, there'd just be a lot of better stuff. So we have to take that individual responsibility on ourselves to make that personal choice to go out and do that. And then it trickles down into our communities, our larger communities, our families, our cities, our towns, and the whole world. It's no small thing. Um, And so you making the personal choice to do that is no small thing. You matter. Everything you do matters and has an impact on this world. And I think that's really quite cool. And so I appreciate you for just trying because that's the most important thing, trying, going out into the world and trying and then falling down and getting back up and falling down and getting back up and continuing to try and try and try and iterate and review and execute. It's the beauty. It's the beauty of being a person on earth. It's so great. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for these connections. I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful to share this information um, because it's really changed my life and hopefully it can do the same for you. So cheers. Draco Fuel. All right. Now there's some factors about self-esteem. Now we're going to talk about the eight ways that people reduce or destroy their self-esteem. So these are the things you kind of want to avoid. Uh, When thinking about your self-esteem, I just gave you sort of these six uh, components or six pillars of healthy self-esteem. We talked about things that influence your self-esteem. We talked about the importance of self-esteem and what it is and where it's from. Um, Then again, we talked about Nathaniel Brandon's six pillars of self-esteem. Now we're going to go into eight ways that people rapidly reduce or destroy their self-esteem by doing one, two, three, or all eight of these things um, all the time. So, right, awareness, acceptance, action. Awareness, acceptance, action. Right now we're becoming aware of potentially some of these things that we might do that reduce our self-esteem. Then we have to accept the fact that we might do these things not just brush it under the rug and avoid it or be like, I'm not the type of person who would do that. I'm no, we have to aware, become aware. Okay. Accept. Okay. Yeah, I do do this. This is sort of a weakness or a fault of mine and then move into action. How can I change it? How can I evolve it? How can I transcend it? How can I grow it? How can I move it in a certain direction? Right? These are the things that are important. Awareness, acceptance, action. Here we go. Eight steps or eight easy, eight things that reduce our self-esteem. Number one, excessive 
complaining, excessive complaining. Very often talking about one's difficulties initially produces relief, but in the long run, it amplifies and complicates the extent of one's discomfort and transforms pain into suffering. There is a difference, a very big difference between expressing how we feel, potentially venting to a willing partner or friend and complaining. Expressing how we feel, our emotions, talking to a friend, potentially venting if they consent to that sort of information is an extremely important part of having healthy mental health and healthy life. But excessive complaining amplifies and complicates the extent of one's discomfort and transforms pain into suffering, right? We're just complaining, we're complaining, we're complaining. Normally when we have excessive complaining, we're turning ourselves into a victim and we're creating a victim mentality. Instead of expressing how we feel, instead of expressing how we feel, accepting that we feel that way, then deciding to move into action. Okay, what can I do about this thing now? What can I do to make it better, to alleviate it, to stop it from happening again? That is the positive side of it. If you want to destroy your self-esteem, you complain excessively over and over and over again and never do anything about it. Number two, excessive help seeking. It is reassuring because if we receive it, it also means that the person who helps us cares about us. But unwilling, unwittingly, they may also be communicating another message to us. I help you because you are not capable of helping yourself, thus triggering a dependency on others and weakening ourselves. This is sort of like learned helplessness, but this is an interesting one, right? Because help seeking can be and is extremely important when it comes to when it comes to our mental health. Talk about this a lot with men's mental health is that we do have to ask for help because sometimes we like to carry the world on our shoulders and we refuse to ask help for help and we don't want to be a burden and we don't want to bother people, but we have to ask for help. Just saying, hey, I need help here. I'm struggling. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm stressed. I'm just, I'm feeling like it's just too much right now and I'm asking for help. That's very important and much different than this. This is saying, this is not um, help. This is not asking for help or a helping hand. This is wanting people to do things for you. This is not being an active participant in your life. This is learned helplessness, triggering dependency on others and weakening our own self-esteem and self-worth because we feel like we can't do this. We can do it. We can do it. And there's a big difference between understanding when to ask for help and when you're excessively help seeking and when you just need to strap it up and get it done. Yes, there's a fine line between some of these things, but if we have the awareness to understand when we're crossing those lines, how to move back into the space where it's healthy, then we can do that and we won't destroy our self-worth or our self-esteem or our ability to take care of ourselves without anyone else. Again, asking for help is extremely important and being able to ask for help is extremely important and having a support system and a team behind you is extremely important. But we are autonomous individuals with agency over our lives and we have to be able to take care of ourselves and the things we need while also being able to express that we need help, that we need this, that we want this, this is better for us, right? But knowing that we have the agency and the power and the capabilities to take care of ourselves and our needs. Number three, avoiding. Feeling fear in the face of some situations can be natural, and so it is primordial instinct to avoid it. 
But if at that moment it produces relief in the long run or perception of danger increases, as does the ability to deal with such situations. Avoiding is always bad. Avoiding is bad. I can, I mean, that's a general statement because I can't think of every possible situation in my head, but avoiding is the dra- brushing the dragon under the rug. The dragon is small right now, just got a big flame. It's not going to burn anything, barely burns your arm. You keep pushing the dragon under the rug. You keep pushing the dragon under the rug, whether it's about facing your fears or having a tough conversation or starting your workout routine or dealing with your mental health or thinking about your past trauma or dealing with a death, right? You keep brushing it brushing it under the rug, brushing it under the rug, brushing it under the rug. Now the dragon is so fucking big that it burns your house down. We all feel, we all feel fear, okay? But people's fears don't go away when they start doing stuff, okay? They just get more brave. Fear, we always feel fear. It's a human emotion, but we, we're, we're moving forward anyways because we're getting more brave, more courageous. We still feel the fear, but we're getting more brave and more courageous. And we're not letting the dragon burn our fucking house down. We are tackling these hard things head on, straightforward. We are aware that they're happening. We accept they're happening and we move into action. We're not avoiding. We're not avoiding the tough conversations, the grief, the mental health issues, the exercise routine. Yes, it's gonna be hard. Yes, it's gonna be painful. But you know what's harder and more painful is avoiding it. Number four, self-fulfilling prophecies. Our actions influence the opinions that others have on us, determining their behaviors, which in turn reinforces and confirms our belief and actions. That is going to reduce your self-esteem. Number five, postponing. Cultivating the illusion that we can act effectively, but in reality, failing to do so is a great way to weaken our determination and corrupt our ability to make and take decisive action, which is the heart and soul of self-esteem. The ability to make and take decisive action is at the heart of self-esteem. So postponing things, pushing them off, not doing them is going to reduce and destroy your self-esteem. If you set a goal, if you do something, you have to take action immediately. Life is about action. You can think all day. You can plan all day. You can write and you can journal. And all of these things can be very healthy in terms of moving you towards your goal. But the only thing that's going to actually help you achieve your goal or where you want to be in life is action, day-to-day action and taking responsibility and ownership of that action through your daily choices. That's it. So postponing things, pushing them off will reduce your self-esteem. But your ability to make and take decisive action is a cornerstone and soul and heart of healthy self-esteem. Okay? Number six, saying yes when you should say no. An attempt to acquire great security is sometimes easy to give in to temptation to always say yes to people's demands in the illusion that our self-esteem can be increased by being more likable or compliant. Nothing could be further from the truth. Saying yes to avoid having to say no is at the root of many social and relational difficulties. Saying no and being able to say no means that you're in touch and in tune with your personal philosophy and your core values. If it doesn't align with the things you want to do or how you want to live your life, you simply say no and there's nothing bad about it. You say yes to the things that are a fuck yes and you say no to everything else. There's a great book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen, which talks about 
doing less but better doing less but better and I encourage everyone to read that book because it allows you to get really intentional with your life it allows you to get really intentional with the choices you make and the actions you have and the things that you do with your life because life is short we don't have all of the time ever to do everything all the time we have enough time to do the thing that we are put on this earth to do with our unique gifts and talents so we can do less but better so saying no your ability to say no is an absolute superpower but you have to first be in touch with who you are, what you want, your personal goals, your personal values, your first principle, your personal philosophy, all of these things. And once you have that, it's easy to filter your thoughts and actions through. And it's much easier to say no with the things that don't directly align with those things. Number seven, neglecting yourself. Contrary to common sense, dressing in a disheveled way, for example, can worsen people's view of us. Remember that there is rarely a second chance to make a good first impression. Of course, neglecting yourself on a day-to-day basis will reduce or destroy your self-esteem. You have to take care of yourself. You are a top priority. You are just as important as anyone else. You are just as important as anyone else. And you can throw all the cliches in you want right here, but you can't pour from an empty cup. You cannot. It's literally impossible to pour from an empty cup. You have to fill your cup up first. And that starts with the fundamentals. Eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. If you start there with taking care of yourself, figuring out what you need to start doing, what you need to stop doing, what you should continue doing, what your number one self-care strategy is, how you can eat well, move well, sleep well, and think well. If you can start there with those foundational, foundation, foundational fundamental pieces and start making yourself a priority, putting things down in your AM and your PM bookend, which means your night and your daytime routine. Why do people put it at the nighttime or the daytime or the morning and the night? Because that's the bookends of your day. And also those are the two times of the day where you have usually have the most control of your day. Because in the middle of your day, you have all these things going on. You have work, kids, family, life, blah, 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 blah. But in your morning routine and your nighttime routine, which is your AM and your PM bookends, that's where you put that stuff in because that's where you have the most control of your day. And that's when you start taking care of yourself, writing things down, setting some non-negotiables, having top priorities and doing these things every day, no matter what, because you say you're going to do it and you are the person who says what they're going to do. So that's how you start taking care of yourself. You start with the foundation. You start with the fundamental pieces of eating well, moving well, sleeping well, and thinking well. Because neglecting yourself will destroy your self-esteem. But taking care of yourself, actively taking care of yourself, and being the person who takes pride in who they are and how they show up and how they present themselves, all of that stuff will increase your self-image, which will increase your self-esteem, which will give you a more healthy view of yourself. And number eight, surrendering. You are defeated only when you surrender. Detrimental to our survival as humans is to avoid surrendering or believing nothing will come of our ideas. We should keep pushing forward until our goal is reached. So there is an idea of like to crit, to grit it out and to quit it out, right? That's sort of a nuanced view of when he should grit something out and when he should quit and move on to something else. We'll move that to the side, but this idea of surrendering is different than the sort of the spiritual idea of surrendering in sort of a meditation or a mindfulness practice or a contemplative practice, right? You want to surrender in that moment to who you are, to the present moment, to get locked in, to let your thoughts be free and flowing like a, like a snow globe, right? In those sort of mindfulness, meditation, contemplative practices, of course you want to surrender. But this is talking about in your life, in your life, 
right? That's sort of like this idea of failure that I like to talk about, right? Failure really means the refusal to move forward. So nothing you do in life is actually a failure and you're not a failure if you decided to get back up and continue to move forward. If you decided to get back up and continue to move forward. So you can't surrender to life. You can't give up. You have to keep getting back up no matter what. You have to decide actively every single day that I'm going to keep showing up for myself. I'm going to keep showing up for myself and for my goals and my pursuits and to express my unique gifts and talents to the world. You have to keep making that decision every single day. It's a fundamental choice of being optimistic about our life, viewing our life as important because it is very important. Your life is extremely important. You deeply matter and the way you show up in the world deeply matters and how you express that divine light in you matters so much more than we'll possibly ever comprehend. And so you will not, you will not surrender. You are not defeated right? There's no permanent defeat because you can keep getting back up. You're still alive and there's still work to be done. And that's extremely important to understand how actually important you are, how strong you are, how capable you are to keep getting back up, to keep showing up no longer, no matter how many times you've been punched in the face, how many times you've been knocked down, you still have the ability and the strength and the capability to keep getting back up. And that's fucking incredible. And I applaud you for doing that for always for always getting back up that's amazing and so those right there those are the eight ways um that will destroy our self-esteem so we need to be aware of those eight things we need to be aware of those things maybe accept the fact that we might be doing a few of them and then move into action of how we can avoid them change them transform them transcend them and move into more of the um, six components or six key components that contribute to a healthy self-esteem, right? We want to be in that place of self-acceptance, self-responsibility, self-assertiveness, living consciously, personal integrity, and self-actualization. And so now you know. Now you know a ton about self-esteem and how it's an absolutely major critical factor in our overall well-being, physical and mental health, and just our overall life satisfaction. And so... That's today's episode, a solo episode, episode 175 of Something for Everybody. I appreciate your time and attention, and I'll see y'all next time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to that episode on self-esteem. What was your biggest takeaway from that episode? What idea resonated with you most deeply that you could potentially implement and take action on today. And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, or even Good Pods. But the absolute best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbits directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. But most importantly, really most importantly, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.